Awesome. Good morning and uh, welcome to Jericho Road Church. There's no turning back. It's Thanksgiving time. It means like Christmas is like right here now and you're like, I can't even believe the year is almost over. It's shocking. I know it's shocking, but uh, um, it's the truth. So welcome to our Thanksgiving service. Glad you guys are here. Let's start out. Uh, if you're new here or this is your first time visiting, don't get frightened. We're going to shout just for a moment. Okay, what do we do? We love God and we love others. And what do we say? I love God and I love you. Fantastic. Um, I'm glad you guys made it here to the Thanksgiving service and our family celebration. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about practical evangelism. And one of the ways that we can share hope with people is to invite them into our community of faith and invite them to church uh, and if you are one of those persons that have been invited to church, and that's why you're here, because someone invited you, I want to let you know that the person who invited you, they love you deeply. And I want to tell you, I am so glad that you accepted their invitation to join us today in service. So today we're going to cover three things to be thankful for. And then we're going to eat a lot of food. Now we have kids in service, so if you hear screams or shouts or squiggles or giggles, that's okay. It doesn't bother me. I hope it doesn't bother you. We want to celebrate. We're so glad our kids are with us in service. Now, there's some coloring stuff. Parents, if you, need a, if you need a distraction for your kids or pull out your iPhone or whatever you need to do. But we're glad our kids are here. And so um, I know parents panic and they're like, shut up, kid, you know, but it's all right. It's all right. They can be noisy. Uh, this could be a little messy. It is church and it is real life. And I'm glad you guys are here. So today we're going to cover three things to be thankful for. And this might be shocking. It's going to be totally original. Uh, no one has ever had these three things for friends, family, and God. And you're like, wow, can you get more cliche, Pastor Sam? Probably not. If I want to think of what three things should we be thankful for, it's friends, family, and God. But cliches are okay because cliches exist because they encapsulate people's lived reality. That's why it becomes a cliche, because we, we all use it, and we all experience it. And so today, you know what, let's cliche the heck out of this thing. And we're going to talk about three ways to be thankful, and we're going to do it in service today, giving thanks for friends, for family, and to God. And so first, we're going to be thankful for our friends. I don't know, uh, recently, maybe not recently, because my timeline gets messed up the older I get, right? But recently, I don't remember this when I was younger, this thing called Friendsgiving has become like a, a thing, right? It's like, it used to be just Thanksgiving where you get together with your family, but now people have a Friendsgiving where they hang out with their friends and have food or whatever. Now, I've never been invited to one of these things because maybe I'm too old, I don't know, or maybe I don't have any friends. I don't want to worry about that part, but, but I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's exactly right. We should be thankful for our family and getting together on Thanksgiving with them is fantastic. But also the idea where we meet together with our friends and have a meal and hang out and just are thankful for them. I think that, that's spot on. I think it's absolutely uh, what the Bible would have and what God enjoys as well. So good friends, uh, and the reason is good friends are critical to our well-being. We have to have good friends in our life. We, we have to have good friends who will help us grow spiritually as well. The Apostle Paul, uh, he was thinking about this when he... Uh, when he writes this about some of his friends. Now, he's going he's gonna to say, I'm so thankful for you, and here are a couple of things I see in you, and a couple of things you challenge me in about his friends. Now, it's not an exhaustive list, but, but here's what Apostle Paul says in writing to some of his friends who are at a different church. In 1 Thessalonians, he writes this, 
We always thank God for you. And we pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work. We think of your loving deeds and your enduring hope that you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's writing to his friends in this different city. This is a church that he started, and now he's not attending it. So he's saying to them, look, when I think of you, I get so thankful. I'm thankful for these three things. He says, I'm thankful that that you're faithful in the work. Now, this is a work together in the gospel. He's thankful that they're working for for God and and serving God and and giving God their all and joining him and sharing the good news of Jesus with people. But it's it's not just the gospel work, but this includes that they're faithful in their everyday work as well. Because we've said here many times, there's no difference between the sacred and the secular. You don't go to a non-Christian job. Every job, if you're a Christian, because you're there, is your Christian job. And so Paul says, I'm so thankful that you are faithful at your work. And I sort of think of, when I think of our church, this is something I, I think of pretty often for our church. And I'm so thankful that you're faithful in the work that God asks you to do whether it's as a lawyer or as a teacher or as an administrator in a hospital, whether it's as a student, I'm so thankful that you are so good at being faithful at the work that God calls you to. So I can, I can tell you in full honesty, as your pastor, I am super thankful for you. You know, this isn't, our, we're talking about being thankful for friends. You know, when you start as a pastor, when you first go to a church, they're sort of just ministry people because you don't know them. But after a while, they, they don't, stay as ministry people. They, they become friends. And so I am so thankful that as I look around this church that, that I have so many friends who love me, who encourage me, that allow me to see God more clearly, that challenge me to live a more Christ-like life, who love me and serve alongside of me. And I'm so thankful for the faithful work that you do here at this church and that you do in your lives on the regular. So thank you for being such powerful followers of Jesus as my friends. The second thing he said, he said, I'm thankful for your loving deeds, as he was thinking about his friend. Do, do you got friends who will do anything for you? Do any of you got a friend that, like, you know what, no matter what I ask them to do, even if it's something bad, they'll do it for me? Like, you know, I'll tell them to help me bury the body. Like, that, that kind of friend, that, that ride-or-die friend, do you have that kind of friend who would do anything for you, who would love you so much that they'll, they'll do any deed? My best friend, he's like that. He would drop everything at a moment's notice if I asked him to. If I showed up at his door at 1 a.m. and I knock on the door and I said, hey, I need you to go with me to Brazil right now. He'd go get his passport and then we'd head down to Brazil. No questions asked. Maybe some questions, but, <laughs> but, but he would absolutely go if I said, you can't ask me any questions. You just got to trust me. We got to go to Brazil now. He would go get his passport. He would trust me enough to do that. He has uh, enough action in his life shown me enough loving good deeds that I know for sure that he would do that. Do you got some friends that are willing to do uh, good things with you and some dumb things with you? Do you have friends that are like that? That are friends that have loving deeds? It's fantastic. And another thing he liked his friends for, Paul liked his friends for, he said, I like you for your enduring hope. He said, one of the things I'm thankful for God is that, that you continue to be faithful even against the odds. Now my wife and I, we uh, just visited our ministry partners in Thailand last week. That's why we weren't here. Uh, now we had just, I had just been there in August. Now three months later, go back, and, and the place is almost dramatically different. Like, so much has been done. So much has, has been created. So many buildings have been completed. And, 
and the folks that are there are still continuing to follow God faithfully. And, and I sort of think of them as friends now. Before they were used to go to missions when we first went there and be a missionary to them and, and do this. But, but as we get to know them and as we get to love them, they're not just missions, but they become friends as well. And so I think of them as I think of enduring hope. And there's not a lot of them. Like we went to the, when we were there, we had church service last Sunday with them. And there were 25 folks. And this is probably the biggest church in, in all of the village area. There were 25 people that had gone that Sunday. It was really exciting. They may be few in number, but they're powerful in hope. And that inspires me. And that's the kind of friends that I love to have. And so one of the things we all can be thankful for is our friends. So who are some of your friends that have been faithful to you, that have shown you love through their deeds, who, who have an enduring good work, who, who are always hopeful or give you hope? Do you have some friends like that? I'd like you to think of them right now. Maybe uh, one, two, or three friends. You know, we've got a lot of friends, but just think of a couple of them. And in just a moment, I'm going to actually ask you to say their names out loud. I know, scary, I know. But, uh, and, and I know they can't hear us. Unless they're like in service, like they're right here next to us. They, they're not going to be able to hear you. But I think there's value in valuing them even when they aren't present, if that makes any sense. So think of a name or two or three, and then we're just going to say their names out loud as, as one of our offerings of thanks. Like, thanks God for these kind of friends, and, and I'm so thankful for these friends. So I hope you have one or two in mind. Now, if you like forget one and later you're driving home, you're like, oh, I forgot to mention Kathy. I'm so sorry. It's okay, then just shout her name out when you're driving in your car or some other random place in the supermarket or at the doctor's office, you know. Kathy! And I'm like, oh, jeez. Doctor's like terrified. Psych eval recommended, you know. So, okay, so I gave you a moment now. You ready to shout out just a couple of friends' names? Ready? Let's go. One, two, three. Peter, Shane, Julie. Um, I prepared mine ahead of time so I didn't forget. So thank you, God, for those folks. Thank you, God, for friends. And if you weren't able to do that, find a secret time to do that. Thanks for this friend. That's cool, too. God hears it all. The second thing we can be thankful for, friends, family. And this is, uh, you know, my, my daughter and I, we have this joke. Every time we hear the word family, we repeat it in the voice of Vin Diesel, because uh, Fast and Furious. So we always, you know, whenever we hear family, we're like, family. Even every single time the video plays, like, our four distinctives are da-da-da family we're like family like every time and so uh family is really important we want to be thankful for family in psalm 127 it says this children are a heritage from the lord offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them now this is a weird one family necessitates kids you can't have a family without, this, without children. You're like, well, I don't have any children. Yes, but you are one. You definitely are a child if you're currently on the planet. And so we're all part of a family. And you also may have some children, and that, that's part of your family as well. And so we want to think about those people who are part of that connection group. So I think for me of my parents, I think about my parents, how... They loved me. They weren't perfect by any measure, but they loved me. They taught me, cared for me. So I think about my parents. I think about my, my own children. I can't express uh, how, you know, sometimes you try to put to words how thankful you are, and, 
and I get a chance to say it publicly, and I have to sort of like prepare a sermon about it, but when I try to think about my kids, it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm so thankful for them. I'm so thankful that they cause like a, something inside of me where it's just like this, oh, I love them so much. I, there's not even a, words for it. Like uh, those of you who are parents might understand, unless they're teenagers, because you have a different feeling at that time, but um, the good feelings will come back because they get older. But, but I'm so thankful for my, my kids. And I know each of you are for yours as well. They make, make a heart so full. I'm thankful for my wife that, that she married me, and I'm thankful that she hasn't come to her senses yet after 21 years, and so we're praying for that delusion to stay. Uh, I, I'm thankful for my extended family, like, uh, like yours. Mine is weird. My extended family is complicated. There's all sorts of, like, stuff. There's things. There's this. There's that uncle. There's like, you know, there's like, as with all of us. But you know what? Even in all the mess, I'm, I'm thankful for my extended family. I think since it's important to be thankful for our family, we want to pause in our service. This is going to be messy again. It's okay. Today's messy service day. We're going to eat turkey and gravy, so that's going to be messy in a minute also. So it's going to be a little messy. Kids, if you're with your parents... In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to turn to your parents and thank them. If you have something specific to thank them for, you can. Uh, and parents, you're going to actually do the, uh, the, the vice versa as well. You're going to thank your kids for maybe you have something in mind. And if you're not sitting by them, you're going to have to get up and move and go over to them. Even if you're a teenager and you don't want to. It's on. <laughs> um, now, if, they've, uh, if they're not in this room... What I want you to do is grab your, if you, maybe your kids are older, they're not in this room, I want you to grab your phone and I want you to text them. Don't give them any context or anything. Just tell them, thank you, I love you. If your parents are not in this room, I want you to text them right now, thank you, I love you. Don't have to give them any more than that. Pique their interest, they'll be like, what's wrong? <laughs> and uh, maybe your parents have passed away or maybe one of your children have passed away. Then I, then I want you to spend a moment just remembering the good things that they gave you or they showed you. And so we're going to spend about three minutes doing this. And so uh, there's someone you can either text or get up to or go to. And there's going to be a little music playing in the background for just three minutes. And uh, we've got our drum accompaniment here going on, too. So let's go ahead and do that. So uh, ready? One, two, three. Go to your parents if you have them. Text them or just thank them in your heart.
All right, uh, go ahead and feel free to do that. Ooh, gotta pause. Oh, a little emotional there, you know. Think about my father who passed away, and I texted my son who's not here. I said, uh, "Thanks for being awesome. Love you." He said, "Love you too." Did I do something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did something. You're a wonderful human being, son. So love you. Ah, oh, so fantastic. So we thank God for our friends. We thank God for our family. And lastly, we want to be thankful to God himself. There's another psalm, Psalm 9, which is this. Uh, psalms are just songs uh, that they, they used to sing in the Old Testament. This one, uh, I love how this one goes. It's Psalm chapter 9, and just the first couple of verses. It says, I'll give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I'll give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I'll tell of all your wonderful deeds. I'll be glad and rejoice in you. And I'll sing the praises of your name, O Most High. So it says, God, I want to be thankful for you. I want to be thankful to you, and I want to rejoice in you. I want to rejoice in who you are, God, in the characteristics of the God qualities that you have. Things like, God, I'm thankful that the Bible says God is love. Oh, man, that's like, that, that phrase is boss. That God is love. I'm, I'm thankful, God, that you are sinless. It's part of who you are. That you're not caught up in this mess and this mire and you're not dragged down and you're, you're not duplicitous. I'm, I'm thankful that God is so powerful that he can forgive my sin and invite me into heaven. Not forcing any of us, but giving us the opportunity to join him for free. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to beg, borrow, or steal to get there. Thank you, God, for loving me enough and being powerful enough to do that. I love that part. And the, right before that, it says, praise God, I'll tell of all your wonderful deeds. So we, we tell God we're thankful for who he is, but we also tell God we're thankful for what you've done. Every good and perfect gift, the Bible said, comes from above. Everything that's good comes from God. And, and now I know sometimes people don't quite understand this because they think it's a little bit cheating. They think, hey, well, you Christians, you say, like, if something good happens, you're like, oh, thank you, God, for the good thing. But when something bad happens, you don't say, thank you, God, for the bad. So you give credit only to God for all the good things and all the bad things you don't give credit to God for. And, and that's actually absolutely right. And I think their, their problem with it is sometimes people have a misunderstanding of what it means uh, to say that God is in control of all things. To say that God is sovereign over all the world doesn't mean that God is, is causing every single activity or action. That isn't what we believe. That isn't what the Bible seems to say. The Bible does seem to indicate that we have free will. So we're not simply puppets on a string where, where God told me to do this. I got no strings to hold me. Is, we're not doing that. Like that isn't, God isn't orchestrating every moment of our life. When, when, I, when I consider God as sovereign, it's sort of as a king who is sovereign. Now the king is sovereign over the whole land, but that doesn't mean he's farming every little, he's planting every seed. No, the farmers do that. Now, could the king show up on the farmer's land and plant the seeds if he wanted? He could, because he's sovereign over land. Could he show up and take the chicken from the farmer? He could, because it's, it's, he's sovereign. That's sort of what it means. Can God interact? Does inter God interact? Yes and yes. Do, do all things belong to God? Can he orchestrate situations? Absolutely. But we are not puppets on a string. And so that's why God can get glory for all the good, but all the bad God doesn't get any glory for, or doesn't get any shame for it anyway. Because none of the bad happens because of God. 
Now, this is really important to understand. Not a single bad thing happened because God. God created everything perfect. Sin, evil, darkness, bad things only happen because we chose it. Because we broke what was perfect. God is the author of all good things, and all bad things come from sin, both originally from Adam and Eve, but also from our own sin. And so, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, it was perfect. There were no tsunamis, there was no cancer, there uh, wasn't death or famine. And the moment they chose not God, the moment they, they, they rejected God, that's when the, the whole thing got screwed up. Not just their own personal lives, but the entirety of, of the creation. The Bible says all of creation is groaning and longing to be fixed for what has been broken by Adam and Eve. They broke the perfection. So the cause of, of evil is not God. Rather, the cause of evil is not God. Rejection of God. And that broke the world. So natural evil comes because the world's broken. Alzheimer's and, and sickness for our parents and, and even our children dying young, like, God didn't do that. Adam and Eve did that. They broke it originally. And things, moral evil, like murder or broken homes or rape, that, that comes not again from God, but it comes because people continue to sin. Again, their choice not God's decision or God's desire. And so I think it's wholly appropriate to say, God, I want to thank you for all the good things. And I recognize all the bad things that are in the world, all the evil, the sickness, and the darkness. That is not God. That, that's not God. God is all the things that are good, and I can reject those things, and, and they, don't, they don't impinge upon God in any way. And I can wholeheartedly say, God, I thank you for who you are and what you've done. Now, there will be a time where God does restore the world back to perfection, where there's no more death, dying, crying, or pain. We call that heaven. We call it God remaking the universe at the end of human time. But he doesn't do it now because there's still some people who need to come to know him. And so he's delaying that. For just a moment. So we can thank God for all the good things that he does and that he brings. One particular wonderful that I think we always have to highlight as Christians is Jesus. So in 1 Corinthians 15 it says, The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. He gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As believers, we thank Christ for his sacrifice, making the way to heaven possible for every single one of us, taking away our sins so that we might be right in the eyes of God, for loving us enough to die for us, then giving us meaning and belonging, we say, thank you, Jesus. So we can unashamedly thank God for every good and perfect gift, and, and I want to do that, like we have pause for each of the other two. We're going to pause, and the way that we thank God is, we, we call it prayer. You can call it just saying it out loud. It doesn't matter what you call it, where you just recognize God. And I want you to take a moment to think about some things that you are thankful for to God. Take a moment for some of the good things that are in your life that you can thank God for. Now, I know there are things that aren't good in your life, and, and I know there, there's difficult situations, but, but I want you to just, just let that go for a second. Just take a moment and say, God, I want to thank you for some of these good things. 
We're going to give you a couple of minutes to think that and just sort of pray it out. And whatever You don't have to have any sort of spiritual or magical language. Just say it and however you want to tell God those things. And, and today the message is a little bit shorter because I don't think service is over until we actually eat together. And so we're going to end a little earlier than normal so that we can have time that no one gets to escape. We all get to hang out and eat together. But before we get to that, I want you to think of a just one or two things that you can just say, thank you, God, for this. And then we're going to close in a worship song.